A candy-colored clown they call the Sandman Tiptoes to my room every night And just to sprinkle stardust and to whisper Go to sleep, everything is all right I close my eyes Then I drift away Into the magic night I softly say A silent prayer Like dreamers do Hello and welcome to Rogue Chronicles And today we are going to be looking at a more obscure villain I think it's fair to say than uh, some of the others we've done in the past, and that is Frank Booth from the film Blue Velvet. And now this was my co-host's idea, and I shall introduce him to you now, Liam Hall. Hello, Liam. Hello, Carl. It is so good to see you again. My boy, my boy, my boy. Um, well, you, uh, you say it was my idea. You, I, I remember you coming to me and saying, hey, Liam, I'm in a bit of a freaky mood today. Can you find me the most deranged unusual villain possible and i was like buddy i have just the thing to whet your appetite and so here we are i i remember it more being um falling asleep waking up in a dark room with you holding a gun to my head saying you're watching this film or you know these will be your last words well, I mean, I mean, sure, that was that was a part of it as well. But um, I, I, I have a recording of you saying all this stuff to me. So, um, you know, who, who's really going to believe you? Uh, everyone, because you're a weirdo. Wow, how dare you? How dare you? But um, yeah, so this is um, this is a film that is kind of um, it, I, I wouldn't say it's a particularly well-known film. It has a bit of a cult following. Um, but um, it's kind of a film that I watched fairly young i think i watched it when i was like 14 maybe oh yeah no wonder you're warped yeah honestly but it, it, if you've ever seen the film it, it really sticks with you i think even today a lot of it kind of is very harrowing and very very creepy but um i, I just want to give a bit of background to this film um and, and a bit about the director as well because he's um if you've ever seen any of his films he's a very he's a very very unusual director so um, this, from what I remember about this film, it was, I, I think it came to him in, in a dream. Um, and like there's small bits and pieces that have come from his life. So, so part of it is autobiographical, um, part of it is not. Um, but yeah, this, it's a very, very unusual choice. And this came, I think, three years after Dune, which was um, Lynch's last film. And it was a film I kind of, really scarred him so to speak because he absolutely hated the big movie you know blockbuster experience and in fact he, i think two years later he was offered um to do the third star wars film but he said he had he had next to no interest with it i think that was partly due to um dune from what i remember but um yes i, I he had complete um creative control with this and um i i think that really shows um yeah it's, it's a very it's a very strange film. Have you seen much of David Lynch's work before? Um, I must have seen a few of his films. I don't really look out for particular directors, to be honest. I just watch a film because it looks good. I don't think, oh, that's by Steven Spielberg. I better watch that. I just sort of, 
watch the film because I like the look of the film from the trailer or, you know, from word of mouth from friends and whatnot. Yeah, I, I think that's fair enough. And I, and I think this is one of those films which I, I don't know if it would particularly, besides the poster and maybe the song perhaps, I don't think it's particularly um, attractive in terms, you know, you know, like it's been on Netflix, but unless you kind of heard of a film before, the plot doesn't sound particularly interesting. And to be honest, the plot itself is is quite dull. It's more of a direction and kind of the some of the elements of the film, which is kind of what makes it so such a strange kind of piece. But um, just so just to give um, a bit of a plot rundown for people who don't know, um, it's centered around a small town in South Car- North Carolina. Um, Jeffrey, played by um, Kyle McLaughlin, who's a frequent collaborator of Lynch. He finds an ear in a field and he reports it to, to the police. And he basically becomes a bit of a sleuth um, along with his kind of girlfriend-ish, even though she's with someone. And they basically kind of run into kind of a bit of a dark underbelly of the city. And everything is not exactly what it seems. And kind of chief to this is Frank. So, um... Carl, when when you first saw Frank, what 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 what, what on earth did you think? Did I think um, I thought it was a bit of a loon, to be honest. Yeah, I I I think that's I think that's pretty fair to say because like, he he comes in kind of out of nowhere. Um, he starts dry humping her, and there's lots of he, he. I think he starts calling her mummy at some point. He's he has his mask on. This, this oxygen mask, which is very, very, there's something very perverted and very kind of creepy about him. And I think that sequence that we first introduced with him is very, very, it's just really uncomfortable. Um, he's, he's a very strange guy. He's obviously, he's, he's very angry. He's psychopathic and he's clearly got some warped sexual desires that, he needs to be fulfilled one way or another. Yeah, he's um, so he, he's he's very violent, like I said, very kind of strange, um, and he, he he's very psychopathic. He's a mix of like a psychopath, a gangster, and then he's almost a bit of a child. There's something very kind of infantile about him. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I, you know, there's a scene later on where he puts lipstick on and starts kissing um. Uh, starts kissing kissing Jeffrey, and there's just something very, very unusual about him. I, I, he's he's probably kind of what Char, what um what Carl was like as a kid, I imagine. Thanks. <laughs> well, I thought I burnt all that evidence, but some, somehow it's um, crept into your lap. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that something of yours kind of crept into my lap. But, um, yeah, he's he's a very strange person. And, and I, one of my favourite sequences is um, the in-dream sequence. So there's a, they're in an apartment. There's this girl who's dancing on a couch. And this man, I can't remember his name, uh, called Ben, starts lip-syncing to this song called In Dreams. And Frank... Do you, you, do you remember the scene? Yeah, yeah, I remember the scene. It's probably my, my favourite scene of the whole film because 
I like the song so much. Yeah, it's Roy, mm. a song by Roy Orbison in Dreams. It's, it really does suit the sort of scene very well. Well, yeah, that seems to mm. that seems to sort of trigger um, Frank for some bizarre reason. Yeah, so he kind of he starts like lip syncing to the song very very slightly. He has a dazed look in his eyes, almost like he's hypnotized. Then he starts to like break down and cry and get angry. It's it's a very strange sequence, and I, I think it kind of sums the film up kind of very well. Yeah, I, I have a feeling if I was going to dissect um, Frank's sort of life and mental issues, I, I, I have a feeling he's probably never had a mother's love, and that's mm. part of his warped sexual desires, because they can sort of manifest in in that way in like later life when uh, you have sort of a parent issue uh, one way or another. Uh, and I also, I don't know, I think he might even be confused about his sexuality, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely something that it feels like there's an awful lot of um, like Freudian analysis that, that could be done with this. Mm. Um, I mean, he, he seems to have absolutely no filter at all. And he has... You know, he's very attracted to her breasts, and he, he's breasts. disgusting. I know. Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, it's, it's 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 very strange. I mean, obviously they go in the car, and they start. He starts kissing Jeff. No, yeah, excuse me. He starts kissing Jeffrey with lip putting lipstick on very wildly, and then just beating him up. It's. It's a very, very strange film. Because besides that... It's like a normal Saturday night. Well, yeah. For, I mean, it's normal for me, but I imagine for, <laughs> for the rest of uh, Rogue Opinions listeners, it's probably a bit of a weird one. But, um, I mean, from there, like, nothing much really happens. Like, they, there's, you know, some stuff to do with, like, narcotics, and there's a bit of a twist at some point. Um, but then the film kind of just... You know, Jeffrey ambushes Frank at some points and kills him. And then we have this very strange ending where Jeffrey and Sandy, his kind of girlfriend, are just looking outside of the window and it feels very dreamlike. It's a very, I feel like you can't really analyze, um, you can't really analyze Frank without trying to figure out what the fuck is going on with this film. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a very bizarre piece all, all round really it's sort of you can certainly tell it's David Lynch yeah which, which I think kind of brings me to one of like my main questions with this do you think the film's any good um, yeah it, it, it is a good film it's not one I would choose to watch myself and it's a film I've been aware of for many years it's you say it's not super popular, but yeah, it did sort of gather a cult following sort of post-release, and it it has garnered attention and publicity. Um, yeah. Didn't didn't he um, get nominated for a Best Film uh, Award? I can't remember if it was an Oscar or... I, or I think it was... It, it definitely got... He definitely got something, some sort of nomination out of it. Yeah, from what I remember, I think it was this Mulholland Drive, and then I think I think it was Elephant Man. I think are like 
um, David Lynch's three Oscar no- nominations. I think I could be wrong. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's very, because I remember reading about it, and at the time, it, people were very quite conflicted about it. And even when I watched this in my film class, um, quite a few people left whilst it was being screened, and some people couldn't decide if it was any good, if they just hated it. Everyone seemed to be very uncomfortable with, about it. Um, and I, I, have, I haven't really seen a film really get underneath some people's skin so much. Uh, and I think Frank is kind of, I, I think he definitely is a part of that. Yeah, I, I don't think it can be considered normal if the, um, certain scenes don't make you uncomfortable to yeah. <laughs> be perfectly honest. Yeah, because um, so I, I, I was kind of talking to you like off air like a bit, and some of my friends they couldn't decide if like the acting was any good. Some people were saying like they're overacting, they're underacting. Something that kind of what I think is kind of brilliant about that, and I think it kind of links into the film. The whole film kind of films a bit like a dream, a bit like a fever dream. Like it's something, yeah. some things just happen. It's very surreal, but it feels kind of grounded in real life. Because um, in some ways, visually, it looks, you know, it looks beautiful. It kind of is, has, you know, this idea of an idyllic Americana. It just feels like what you imagine America would be. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. It's an interesting take. Yeah, because I... I and I, and I don't know, I feel like dreams are kind of a big part of this and particularly, you know, dreams and the, like the ugly kind of underbelly that kind of is, that, you know, that's underneath this dream. Whether, whether, whether that's like a, a critique on the American dream, on, you know, Reaganism, on, on Reagan's America, because I think this was really released around that time. Um, yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's very, um, it's very good. But I, I think... Dennis Hopper, man, he's he, he's really you can really see he he's very very talented at what he does. Yeah, he was a great actor, and he had many um, lauded roles over the years. Mm. Yeah, because I, I I seem to remember he was in Rebel Battle Corps and I think Eden as well. Um, but it's weird because I've always heard the name and I always I've seen him in some things because um, I I know that. One of the films that followed after this was something that we actually considered watching as a joke, which was um, the Super Mario Brothers movie, where he play, where, where he plays Bowser. And... Yeah, oh, I think well, King Keeper, I think he's. Oh right, he might be more known in that film. I can't quite remember. I did watch it when it came out, but it's not one <laughs> I'd ever waste my life watching again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I don't particularly blame you, but. Um, when I was kind of reading about this, it feels a bit like a career revival for Dennis Hopper to, to a certain degree. Because I, I feel like the films that kind of came before this, most of them were kind of like critical and commercial failures. And I think some of them were actually his films that he made himself. But I, I feel like this is a bit of a defining role for him. Yeah, I think it is one of his more famous and well-known roles. And it definitely sort of gave his career a, a kickstart again. Yeah. Um, yeah, which, which is good, because you, you can see that, um, yeah, you can, you can see that he kind of has something. Um, so, I mean, and I, I think we've touched kind of briefly on the acting. 
it's very everyone's kind of a bit odd like they never really seem like they um it, it kind of suits the film very well but you, when you think about it it doesn't feel like it should be what it is if that makes any sense at all not really no <laughs> <laughs> like because i mean karl mclaughlin's good you know dennis hopper's good but i mean this this you know laura dern's good so, like there's people in it but it, it if you take it out of context which i kind of looked at today they feel very they feel wooden to a certain extent but they just feel very odd um i think what you're trying to say is you feel slightly out of place because they're like they're like normal um people from the burbs so to speak and they sort of find themselves in the the criminal underbelly mm. yeah which 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 you know is kind of which I, I guess actually kind of makes a lot of sense if you think if you think about it but um yeah i mean i think it's how, how many years is this later now this is nearly 20 30 years later i think uh, over 30 years well, over 30 years ago now yeah nineteen eighty seven. And um, I mean, it feels like a kind of turning point in in um, Lynch's career as well. Um, so yeah, it, it feels like a very important. Um, it feels like a very important one. But we, we we something we always kind of kind of touch on is kind of pop culture impact. Do you see? Do you see um, Dennis Hopper's performance as? Do you see any influence in, in any other like performances that you've seen, or is it a bit of an outlier? I would say it's probably more of an outlier. Uh, I don't really think I can compare his performance to anyone else, and it's a difficult one to mimic because of the sort of the sort of sexual side of it, which you mm. you know you can't really um, <laughs> repeat, and you wouldn't really want to, would you? No, not particularly. Well, from from reading it. Um, again, more of a production side of it. He, he, I think he was the third choice for the role, um, and the two people before him, who weren't particularly well known, kind of turned it down because of uh, the sexual element for him. I, I, I can I can see why this kind of caused a lot of controversy. I mean, I, I think it still does to a certain extent now. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me, but it it sort of does it in a in a way without being too graphic, which is quite clever it's mm. almost more left to your imagination in the sense so, apart from um uh, a bit of breast you don't really see a lot of nudity or anything either so it's not it's not sort of too sort of graphic in that sense no absolutely which i i think you know because when you kind of when you're doing something kind of risque i think it's kind of it's hard to make something kind of creepy and kind of very mm erotic when when you don't really have much nudity but i, I think it it's certainly not erotic and i don't think it's meant to be erotic um but a lot of film what i mean is a lot of films these days they tend to have uh nudity for the just for the sake of having nudity don't they yeah pretty much yeah um but obviously this one isn't isn't one of them um so i, I actually just want to tell a, a funny story which i kind of um just saw from this so um a few years later, um, a, an actor called Henry Rollins, who's been in like a lot of voice roles and a lot of live action stuff. Whenever he sees um, Dennis Hopper, he um, runs after him, screaming um, Hopper's lines from the film. 
and um, Hopper always gets scared and, and, and runs away. <laughs> which, which feels like a very weird inside joke. Yeah, that's very bizarre. But um, I, I, I personally found that quite funny. Um, <laughs> it feels like something. I think that says more about you than anything else, personally. Yeah, probably, probably in fairness. But um, is there anything you kind of want to touch on before we kind of get onto the rating? Um, not really. There's not a not a huge amount you can say really that that we haven't already touched upon. Yeah, uh, I think we just leave out the bit that he, he was also disguising himself as someone else as well, wasn't he? Because um, Jeffrey photographs, photographs this man with a moustache and in glasses thinking it's someone else, but that turns out to be Frank in disguise. Yeah, sure. I, I, I actually forgot about that. Because <laughs> I, I kind of, I've been watching bits and pieces, but like I've kind of, yeah, I've been kind of scared to watch it all the way through again. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I, I'm pretty. Because sure you're scared, you're gonna not like it. <laughs> I, I was kind of scared. I, I would not like it. Well, also, I actually forgot to tell you this. I made the mistake of watching this with my with my parents like a year ago. Oh, um, oh. And, and we got to the bit where um Frank first appears, and then they just immediately turned it off. And my mum was really uncomfortable for like the rest of the day. <laughs> Did you suggest watching it with them? Yeah, because I remember it being like a really like interesting like experience to kind of watch so uh, you're a strange guy you really <laughs> are a strange guy i forgot the sexual element to it um and i also forgot um, a lot of the swearing which you kind of reminded me of um, <laughs> the swearing in it is pretty great i uh, i think that's quite undisputed <laughs> but um yeah it's there's some there's some weirdly comedic elements to it as well the whole film it, it's a weird mishmash of, of emotions I mean, the director could have easily ended the film sort of ambiguously with the the main male character sort of waking up from like a a, a drug stupor and leaving you to um, trying to trying to work out if these events actually really happened or they're just part of this sort of kind <laughs> of imagine drugged up imagination. Yeah, I, I mean, because it, it, it does kind of feel like that. Really, which I mean, if, knowing David Lynch, it wouldn't surprise me if it came from lots of drugs. Even though I don't know if he particularly takes some, but it feels like he's on it twenty four seven. So who bloody knows? Mm. Um, yeah, surprisingly, some of the elements of this film have actually been sampled a lot in um, music. Not have they? Yeah, I, I, I can't find the. Um, so I think um, I actually can't find a lot of the songs, but. It's been used an awful lot. Um, I, I think just, well, used... I just have to take Liam's word for that one. <laughs> they, it, I, the... I believe it's been used in some Lana Del, Rey, Lana Del Rey songs. All right, I quite like Lana Del Rey, so if you could give me some examples, I'd be quite interested. Yeah, sure, absolutely. I, I, I can't remember. I'm, I'm trying to find it off the top of my head, but um, I might have to tell you off the podcast. Um, <laughs> but until then, I, I guess we might as well get to the ratings. So... Um, Let's start from the top. So, um, fear factor. What, what are you saying? Well, he's a scary. He's certainly a scary man. You might not have the same sort of fear factor as a Dalek or Darth Vader, but you certainly wouldn't want to want to mess with him. Mm. Yeah. So, so what, 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 what are you going for in terms of numbers? I, I think personally, I'm actually going to go for a ten, which I don't think I've done yet. Right, I'm going to go for a seven. 
Oh, okay. Man, we're, we're, we're... I think it's the first time we've kind of been further, like, been one apart on this, so that's mm. quite interesting. Well, as I say, he's certainly, he's certainly uh, a, a scary dude, but I'd soon, I'd rather take my chances with him than a Dalek or Darth Vader. Where... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, so I guess kind of going with that, I guess power... Um, it's a hard one because, like, obviously he's a mob boss. He doesn't have any particular like super strength or anything. Um, yeah, he's, but he's got power through his connections and his money. So yeah, yeah. and he feels he feels intimidating despite the fact he's like six inches shorter than um, Jeffrey. I'm, I'm pretty. But it's sure. not all about it's not all about um, how big you are. Hmm. But he, he definitely gives like um, an aura of um, power, I would say, to a certain extent. Yeah, and menace, definitely. Yeah, I think I'm probably going to go for a seven, maybe. Yeah, I'd, I'd go with a seven as well. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's too kind, but um, no, no. As I say, he's got, he's got, he's clearly got money. He's, he's a, he's a mob boss. He's got his connections. He's got, he's got guns. You know, there's certainly, there's certainly power there. Yeah, that's true. So, um, aesthetic-wise, I, I think this is a very hard one to kind of measure. Um, I, I feel like the mask kind of gives quite a bit to him. And I think yeah, but it's not something he wears all the time, though, is it? It's just something he, he brings out to give himself a bit of a, a high. Mm. So I don't know if you can really include that as his proper aesthetic. He he just he does look a bit like yeah, sort of everyday mob boss to be honest there's nothing really special about his yeah. overall look or aesthetic to me i i would say i mean i would say he's like facial expressions and he's kind of i feel like he's he's very creepy facially wise oh yeah yeah he's got certainly got a creepiness to him um i yeah it's it's, it's kind of hard to quantify again i mean for, for the film like Nah, I'm. 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 I'm gonna maybe say a seven, just because I find him creepy. I'm gonna say a six. Yeah, that's fair enough. All right. Um, complexity of character. What What are you saying? Uh, I would say a nine. There's definitely a lot. Definitely a lot of going on there. It's not really explored in the film, but it's sort of, there's enough in his performance and in the film that you know it. It gives you food for thought. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like he's, um, yeah, he, he, he's he's quite complex from what we see of him, and I think there's a lot under the surface which we don't really know. So I think I'll probably go for a nine as well. Um, so we have, I think we have two. No, we have one left. Damn. Yeah, uh, pop culture impact on pop culture. Yeah, yeah. I think this one's probably going to be pretty low, despite being a bit of a cult figure. Um, to be honest, I, I feel like he's someone who could be. Um, I feel like he could be more influential on on, on some people. Um, because I mean, he's he's very he's very creepy. Well, one thing we'll say is that AFI raises him thirty sixth greatest villain of all time. Okay, which I mean is you know is not is not like he's not like his top ten or anything. But um, considering mm. the, how small the film is, I think I'm probably going for four. Yeah, I'm, I'd say uh, that's probably about right as well. I'll go for a four as well. Mm. 
So um, I, I guess to the surprise of absolutely fucking nobody, um, he's 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 pretty low down, but he's actually only two lower than Norman Bates. Really? Well, that's surprising. Yeah. So he's seventy-seven now. He's seventy, actually. Norman Bates is seventy-two. Seventy-two. Oh yeah, yeah. I was looking at the, I was looking at the wrong one. <laughs> yeah, I think you're looking at the Daleks there. But um, yeah, he, he's he's a fairly um intriguing figure. Um, and uh, this is one I kind of wanted to do because I think it was I think he's an interesting one to kind of dig into, and I think it's I think it's nice to kind of look at the ones which aren't as well known usually sometimes. Yeah, it doesn't hurt to explore different um, different horizons. Yeah, and, and you know you finally get to see um, see see my um, my idol. So, yeah, um, it's it, I think it explains as much about you as it does about. Frank Booth, to be honest. Yeah, we, we, we kind of we kind of feel like um we we're connected somehow, and, and I think there's something quite beautiful about that. <laughs> but um yeah, that's that's all for me. Um, Carl, what, what what plugs would you like to give? Yeah, uh, you can find me at uh, Carlos underscore Fire eighty on Twitter and Instagram. You can find the brand at Rogue underscore Opinions on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find us on All Good podcasting platforms Liam uh, you can find me on Twitter at Carlos underscore fire 80 and on Instagram at Carlos underfire 80 and um, yeah I, I, I love you all he really does go to sleep everything is alright I close my eyes then I drift to